Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We have made it to the last episode of Dynasty Theory before the kickoff of the 2021 season. No, not the last episode. I got worried. Ever. No, I fired. No, of course not. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. I'm joined by Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan. What's going on, Dan? Man, feeling your energy tonight and and matching it here. I couldn't be any more stoked. I mean, from tonight, final episode of Hard Knocks to Thursday Night Football, despite my boy Zach Martin probably being out. But guys, I am most excited about tonight's episode. Right now, at this point, you know, 17 dynasty teams in. That's chump change. I know how many dynasty teams you guys have. But also three redrafts, Scott Fishbowl 11, 41 underdog drafts, 20 DraftKings drafts, DFS and process. OMG, week one is here. Let's do it. You're talking about best ball, and you guys wrote me into that. And underdog wrote me in. This is the last week for 2021 to get that instant $25 bonus. Use code theory. Click our link. It's in the show description on YouTube and whatever uh, platform you typically listen to Dynasty Theory. Get the instant $25 deposit bonus on a $10 deposit. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's free money. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on? So I was dreading tomorrow night, right? Because like, what do you do? So I'm actually going to take the oldest. I'm going to go see Cheng Chi. Actually saw it over the weekend, but he doesn't know that I saw it. So I'm going to take him so he could see it too. But he's not, he's not watching tonight. He's not in the chat. He's not listening. Sometimes he jumps in, but I will say (laughs) it's an excellent show. It is so good. So if you have just bored tomorrow, go and see it. It's, it's well worth the money. We're going to be sitting here like little kids on Christmas Eve or the night before your birthday through the Patreon. And if you sign up, this week, I'm feeling generous. Sign up for the Patreon. Get September free. Try it out. We will refund you instantly. Instantly. It's five bucks per month after that. If you don't like it, bounce. But I will say, people tend to stick around. They stick yeah. around. We have the free Discord. We have all the extra goodies there on the Patreon. So check it out. Again, if you don't like it, we're going to refund you your money and you don't have to come back. You don't have to come back, but you will. Um, so tomorrow night, we are doing... Through the Patreon, through the Discord, we are doing a live watch party for the game, and I am so excited. I am so excited for that. Just all of us jumping on there, BS and uh, watching the game. It's going to be a good time. So hopefully, if you check this out before Thursday night, you're able to jump in there. But we do have a few things we want to talk about tonight before we get to Week One, and this is possibly one of my favorite episodes of the year. And I feel like I say that often, but this really is. Mitch, this is the third time we've done this episode. Dan, I think this is our second with you. But the culmination of the offseason, spreadsheet football, my favorite time of the year, is coming to an end. Point scoring season is upon us. But we want to we want to recap. We want to take a look at the offseason that was and kind of share some of our thoughts as, as things have progressed. And Dan, I want to start with you. Throughout this offseason, because it's been another crazy one, two in a row with COVID and all that, all I was, I was going to say good stuff, all that bad stuff going on. For you, what was the most impactful offseason news, story, injury, 
whatever from a dynasty perspective for you? Yeah, man, two years in a row, we started this adventure. You know, the season concludes and we start looking ahead and then we start diving into contracts. And two years in a row, I just stoked and like trying to figure out the quarterback mystery. And it didn't let me down. And, you know, I want to say if you want like one player, it would be Deshaun Watson. But ultimately, it's all the starting quarterback competitions, which we are still figuring out entering week one, you know, between the competitions of Cam and Mac, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, Winston and Hill, Dalton and Fields, Lance and Jimmy G, the whole Tua Hurts, Darnold, you know, is their job stable? It's been a roller coaster, and I know the three of us made a lot of trades around it, as did our listeners. We've got a pretty good grasp right now. We hit some victories going after some of those quarterbacks. We've, you know, had our defeats with some of them, and we're still going into week one following some of them closely. I got a piggyback there before I throw it over to Mitch for his thoughts. But for me, I, I thought the buy and sell windows that were constantly opening and closing throughout the offseason, just like Dan mentioned, what is going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers? How does that impact Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, Jalen Hurts? Is his job secure through 2021? Beyond that, still something we're trying to figure out. Uh, Deshaun Watson, what's going on with him? We still don't know. The Saints, is it going to be Taysom? Is it going to be Jameis? Is it going to really help Alvin Kamara? Is it going to help Michael Thomas? Then the injury took place. But so many things that, just like Dan said, that, yeah, there's players we acquired, there's players we moved. Maybe it was a week early or a week late, and then, boom, value spikes and, and drops. So there's a lot going on. But it was just such a crazy and fun off season from a dynasty perspective because of all the ebbs and flows that we certainly saw mitch did i steal your thunder i hope i didn't no it's so dan kind of did but we're all on the same wavelength there mine was the rookie qbs coming in because speaking from the dynasty aspect of it this rookie class fixed your quarterback issues if you were even a little bit active during the rookie drafts we we think it fixed them we think it should well, value-wise, I think you're fine. I think all these right. guys could be bad quarterbacks this year, and they will still have dynasty value moving forward to, right. to where we have guys like Goff, Matt Ryan, those old uh, bands out, and those guys, they're going to continue to drop. I think Zach Wilson could go out and be the quarterback 32 on this season, and he'll still be a top 20 dynasty quarterback going into next year. Agreed. And, and that's value-wise. And you could just trade them from there. You don't have to love these guys. You don't have to love the players. Mac Jones, I know you weren't the highest on him, but John all of a sudden has like 40% roster ship of Mac Jones now. But that's what you can do in years like this to where the quarterbacks were so good that you could fix all of your teams. If you had two teams, you have two teams now that have all the depth in the world for quarterbacks. That's why you don't draft Devontae Smith over him. You just don't do it because there was nothing Devontae Smith could do in the preseason that would elevate him over what Zach Wilson can do just by showing up and playing. I went back and I do this typically with episodes like this, where it's a, an episode in review. And I went back to our rookie draft episode. We did a two round mock just between the three of us. And it was the week before the NFL draft. And it was music to my ears. 109, I took Mac Jones. No joke. Go back and listen to it. It's April, whatever it was. 
And in the description, it is the two-round mock. Mitch instantly goes, oh, I hate that pick. I did but, at the time. <laughs> but now here we are, and that's what we're talking about. And that's kind of one of my, my biggest value hits. I uh, Mac Jones was my quarterback five. He wasn't a quarterback I was thrilled about. But at that point in the draft, especially me, Mitch, who was a little bit more comfortable and maybe wrongfully so, especially in leagues where I'd Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. But I had situations where I needed to fix my quarterback room. And Mac Jones, just like you said, from a value standpoint, maybe not from a production standpoint, which remains to be seen, but from a value standpoint, he's a player that I can rely on. And if I want to move him, I can and rely on him from a value perspective. The only other thing for me that was kind of crazy this offseason, the high-end running back injuries for these young players, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, all over the tail end of the off season. And I know for me personally, I've gone out and acquired them at certain prices in certain leagues, certain situations, and there's people looking to move them right away. But that landscape shifting news for all three of those players really hit a lot of people hard. hundred percent, man. And I think JB and Mitch, if I could go back in time, you know, if I had that fantasy time machine that we all wish we had sometimes, I think there's a lot of lessons learned in here. I think like the old ball coach in me says, Hey, you should have just known like these coaches are saying, Hey, open competition. Good for morale. Let the, let the rookie earn, earn their wings. Every rookie earned their wings. You know, Mitch talked about this in a, just in a recent episode there of dynasty theory. Like you should have just hopped on those rookies. We know they're going to get the job some sooner than others should have seen that there's no way Cam Newton was going to rebound. He looked terrible last year. I mean, you know, you really look back, what was the odds of him winning that job? Teddy Bridgewater, you know, if you're following the money, they went after Teddy, they brought him in. It probably kind of showed their hand a little bit, but they kept an open competition. I know, JB, it hurts me a little I, bit. There I'm, covering I'm covering my ears. I'm covering my ears. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston's thrown so many more footballs in his career than Taysom Hill. Like, you know, so I wish I was a little bit more bullish on some of those situations, but the roller coaster ride was really the what's happening with Watson, what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that, that really took us a while and Aaron Rodgers was probably all about nothing here he is back in Green Bay it's funny because another episode I, again I, I I need to get a life I really do but I'm going back through old episodes earlier today and the one was about quarterbacks early in the offseason this had to be heck it was early in the offseason but we talked about quarterbacks that were overvalued undervalued we were targeting we were looking to move and Dan the first one you talked about was Jameis Winston as a player that you were, hey, this 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 is the guy that I feel, you know, not great about, but pretty good. So hopefully the listeners bought into that, even though Dan might not of himself, but, you know, but we're all kicking ourselves with that lost value. That's what I said. I was like half in. I saw the rationale at the time. And then too much of that beat writers, you know, oh, this guy's playing this week. This guy's getting the first team reps. I just bought too much into it and just didn't get aggressive enough you know i did t take some stabs at getting winston but i should have been more aggressive than i was and we're not saying it plays out the way we're hoping that Jameis winston goes out there and lights the world on fire but mitch you brought it up it's not a a beginning point and an end point and that's the value we have a uh, an upswing here we have an opportunity to move on from Jameis winston now what happens if he goes out week one and finds Marquez Callaway for two touchdowns, finds Adam Troutman and Jawan Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones for a touchdown. I Boom, instant value spike, especially tied to Sean Payton. So that's what uh, you know we're going to be talking about here throughout the rest of the offseason. Big value hits that we 
we had early in the off season compared to now. And then somewhere we took some, some knocks. Um, so Mitch, a hit, you know, a, a, a player that their value took a hit. You were looking at early in the off season. You were like, this is a guy I'm going to acquire because his value is going to rise or at least maintain. And it just didn't play out that way. You know, anyone who watched that rookie draft show knows who I'm going to bring up. It's James Robinson. It like, I was convinced Urban Meyer wasn't stupid enough to want Travis Etienne, but this is nothing against Etienne. I mean, Etienne, I think is still going to be a good pro, but as that team was made, that team needed help other than running back. But no, he was like, you know what? I need to have him. And he drafted him in the first round. And then all the James Robinson that I had from the previous year, some that I acquired in startups before the draft. I mean, they came crashing down. I mean, you were pretty lucky to get a second form at that point. And now he's kind of through injury, of course, has risen back up to kind of like kind of a second, not quite a first. He's just in that weird neighborhood. But like James Robinson is definitely the guy to where I way overdrafted and probably had way too many shares of him. And it came crashing down in one night. And that was rough. That was really rough. But if you did hang on to him, I, like we talked about several weeks ago, whenever the Travis Etienne news broke, we got a second chance and I've taken advantage of that. Yes. And was it good process throughout along the way? Certainly not. But those are things that we look to correct. And we always talk about processes and ways that we can improve that for me before I throw it over to Dan and Mitch, I talked about him off the air and I've talked about him in the discord so many times, but a tight end. Okay. I'm in a tight end premium league. If I don't get George Kittle, if I don't get Kelsey Waller, Pitts, uh, even the Hawkinson Goddard fan, there's a player that I feel okay with throwing out there every week, Evan Ingram. And that is a value. And, and you know, I was getting him at decent parts of startups and I felt good about that. So I wasn't overpaying, but his values continue to drop. And now the injury, is he going to be ready for week one? People were skeptical. So I'm going through, I'm starting to set my lineups for week one, which is taking quite some time. And I'm like, got to get Ingram out, got to get Ingram out. Free plug uh, for a free product that we always use, dynastyplanet.com. Mm -hmm. I would be lost without that uh, that resource. And it tells you, it shows a little exclamation point, a little yield sign if a player is questionable and, or out and you have them in your lineup instead of going through all of your leagues on MFL, on Sleeper. It shows you who is there, and Evan Ingram's that guy. I'm like, I got to pull him out of some of these lineups. But I think even to an extent, those mid-range tight ends, think about how much hype was around Cole Komet. Adam Troutman. Okay, well, he's on my notes here, so get out of here. Adam Troutman. <laughs> and yeah, now the injury for Troutman, but he was losing snaps preseason who's losing routes to Jawan Johnson. So it's those mid-tier tight ends that we all think, hey, this guy's going to make the jump. He's going to make the jump. But is there really a difference between him and tight end 20, 24? And we're going to get to that a little bit later on the show with some tight ends and their values. But that was a value miss for me that I thought, oh, Engram's going to bounce back. JB, while you're on it, give me a 30-second take on uh, Mr. Juwan Johnson. I just need to hear something. I, I He's kind of floating in my rankings, and I don't know what I think of him. 
for dynasty purposes, I'm not going out and like actively acquiring him just because I think there is that hype around him now. And people have seen, Hey, maybe Adam Trotman's not the guy, but you know, if I can get him as a throw in in a deal, you know, it's somebody I'm more than happy to have. And I, I think we're going to get some, some solid red zone production. I think we're going to get that utilization and hopefully Jameis Winston and uh, Jawan Johnson can get that connection and build that rapport. But I do think he offers red zone and uh, end zone uh, upside. If I had to plant a flag on a player this year, my only plag flat would be plag. Wait, flat. Wh- what? <laughs> flag plant. Yeah, that's, that's just a weird. Well, like, where are you, where are you planting your plag? Well, if I had to do it, I would be doing it on Juwan Johnson. I just think I picked him up for fab in every single league. And I mean, it was for minimal fab right. too. I mean, he, he was just pick him up. No one even tried to get him. And he's just the guy to wear like Logan Thomas last year. He's running all the routes we care about. That's all I need to know. I don't care if he blocks, if the coaches want him to run routes while they're passing. Okay. I want him on my team. You know what it kind of feels like to me? And I don't think it's going to be the extreme that we saw with, you know, the, the touchdown rate, but going into last season, Mitch and I, we like Jay Sternberger (laughs) and then Robert Tunyon ends up getting the routes and the snaps that we care about. And as a top six tight end on like 60 some targets or 70 targets. And I could kind of see that being a situation where we see some lines from Jawan Johnson, three targets, uh, two catches, 30 yards and a touchdown. And if you have to start him, you're thrilled with that. Whether it's typical PPR, half PPR, tight end premium, that's what you're looking at that point from the your tight end. So I, I don't mind him, Dan. I think he was a good one to mention because I think we will see him on Sunday and he's someone I'll be watching because I need to see more of. But, you know, unless you were in our Discord, I know we had some talk about Mr. Johnson and, and his value there. But I think there will be people on Sunday that are like, who is this guy? So hopefully they, they hear this episode and, they, and they're seeing where he fits into their to their season plans. All right. Well, we strayed away a little bit here and we could talk on it. You can tell I missed a week of the, the show. You can tell because I am revved up. And I said this two weeks ago, too. Like, I was so excited for that episode, but I'm even more excited for this episode. And it just builds and builds and builds. And because the 21, 2021 season is upon us and Mitch is flanting plagues or whatever it was. Uh, I don't know what it is. You're doing something, right? So, Dan, you know, this is the last one here that we're going to talk about that, you know, you took a value hit early in the off season. There was a player that you liked. Let, let's turn this around from, from negative to positive, but let, let's what, one more, one more, one more hit here. I was saying, don't, don't I get to give my hits here, man? I got no, some pain. No. This is a therapy session for me, JB. I need to, to vent who, where I, where I blew it, man. No, but we're, then we're going to get out of negative town after this. All right. So, so my, my, my negative town wrap up, we hit quarterbacks, you know, I had a share or two of Taysom Hill and Drew Locke. I may have went after, although I know I'm preaching to the choir, JB with, with Drew Locke there. I'm surprised you didn't vent more about that running back position. You know, I have a share. I, I know I traded for Melvin Gordon in one league and uh, you know, then Javante Williams is I think the guy going to be the guy. I'm not feeling too warm and fuzzy about Melvin. My boy, Uncle Lenny, I'm a little bothered by with Gio Bernard being in there right now because part of that value was being the, the guy that gets the catches on, on third downs. You know, 
I believe he still gets the red zone work, but I like the red zone work and the reception. So I definitely took a few hits on Lenny. Hopefully it could still work in my favor. We'll see. But my, my biggest probably hit, you know, I did have James Robinson, depending on the week in my notes, Mitch. I thought that was a, a good one. But Kadarius Tony, I'm just not feeling warm and fuzzy because I went hardcore Kadarius Tony second round. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there's some talent in this draft that was passed up at that point. So, again, it's one I'm hoping turns around, you know, bet on talent, but definitely not feeling uh, too hot about it right now. All right. Well, I lied because I have a few names I want to rattle off. And oh, no. this is going to take a while, guys. No, no, no. It's, hey, I don't have that many misses here in terms of value. But I didn't mention initially because it was the price I paid. And luckily, Dan, a lot of the value misses that you had that didn't rise in value aren't necessarily killing you. So Leonard Fournette, Kadarius, Tony, yeah, it hurts because we had that, you had that expectation and it didn't really pan out and it could change once they, they hit the field on Sundays, it very well could change, but we're talking strictly from a value perspective. So for me, it was those late quarterbacks that I was looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, those quarterbacks that were going after quarterback 32 range. So, you know, hoping for that good story, it didn't pan out necessarily, but who knows? It, something could uh, take place there in Denver. Garoppolo could get another shot, or maybe we see Garoppolo's playing well and he sticks around for the year, and I can unload him somewhere along the way. Miles Sanders, I picked up a ton of shares of him, and his value has dropped. Mitch, you and I talked about him off the air. Juju, I'm, st I'm still acquiring him, but his value's been slipping, and I was picking him up early in the offseason. And the last one, Kenny Galladay, I... When he was still with Detroit, I was making moves to acquire him, shipped off some 2022 firsts, and I would give anything to get that first back for Kenny Galladay, something I'm not thrilled about right now. So those were the value misses throughout the offseason, players that we've gone out and acquired that we were really looking at. But now let's go to positive town here, Mitch. The biggest value wins, because we did have those gains throughout the offseason. I'm bringing up someone who hasn't, he isn't actually a value win yet, but is going to be in the season, I hope. It's Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold, for the price you were getting him at all offseason, I mean, there was maybe like a two-week window to where he was traded in the Panthers to where his price was maybe a little bit more than it is now. But, I mean, you could pretty much get him for any 22 first you traded or a 21 first at the time, you know, depending on when you made the trade. I saw him move before he got traded to Carolina. I saw him get moved for 2022 20, seconds or 2021 20, seconds. And that's boom, instant profit. And I, I just think he's set up very well. We love his pass catchers now. Yep. He still has Christian McCaffrey. The offensive line is horrible, but <laughs> he has so many weapons that I think they could actually game plan around it. I think Matt Rule can do that. And so. He's just the guy to where I know we haven't seen that value bump yet, but he's another guy just like these rookie quarterbacks to where he just has to be average. If he is average this year, he leapfrogs the Matt Darnolds and Ben and everyone else that we've talked about previously. Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, yes. What did I say? <laughs> Matt Darnold. Come on! Matt Darnold. Well, see, maybe that was his brother who's coming through college now. I don't. Hey, know. both stats, U.S. quarterbacks. Morph them into one. That's okay. That's okay. No, but that, that's a good one too. And it, it, same thing. If he pops early in the year, you're going to be able to see that rise in value and, and turn a profit. It's just like, we look at those quarterbacks like Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, and we think, what have you done for me lately? If they can turn it around early in the season, that's, what's going to be fresh in people's mind. Uh, 
a guy for me, Mitch, you mentioned it in February. He's going quarterback 28 in pre NFL draft startups, Mac Jones. Uh, he was my quarterback five, but he was slipping too damn far for me. And I, I dropped the D bomb. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, but I had to pounce and you gave me a little too much credit. You said 40% roster ship. I think it's a little lower than 30%, but still somebody that I'm thrilled to have because you're not getting him for one first today. I don't care if it's 23, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Your thirty percent is different than anyone else's thirty percent too, because you're talking pushing a hundred lineups here. But that's why I and we talked about this in the Discord. I threw out a little exercise and I said, okay, week before the season, what percent of your leagues are true contenders? What percent are you rebuilding? What percent are you in that middle ground? And I always want to do it on percent because it isn't about oh, you know, I'm in this many leagues. I know it might come across that way sometimes, but a lot of the, the point of talking about the number of leagues for me is because I'm going out there, I'm, I'm on the ground, and I'm making these moves in actual leagues that cost money, not, not free leagues, not mocks. So that's the point of it. So I want to do it based on percent all the time because if you're in five leagues, that's just as important as if you're in a, a thousand. You know, and, and I think most of our listeners, they fall into like that three to eight range and I never want to be like, huh, check out this guy, Joe with three leagues. Oh, my God. You know, so uh, that's why I always talk in percentages. But Mac Jones, for me, instant profit, big value riser throughout the offseason. I hope whenever people listen to that pre-NFL two-round mock that we put together, they listen about Mac Jones at the back end of the first. I think some people pivoted towards maybe even Trey Sermon. But I'm hoping, I believe that, that people listened dan value riser for you man at first i want to say jb i wanted to turn your negative into positive and i I think juju still might be a really sneaky value this year and jj zacharyson probably helped you out today saying now you know by week three galladay's value should rise so maybe you could get that first round pick back but then you 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 know you brought up that mac jones success and and it stings me that i passed up so many opportunities at mac jones fixing quarterback shares i take my kindness back but um I guess my flag plants are on hits this year that I'm really proud of um, is at the quarterback position starting there. And it is a long off season guy. So I mean, I give Mitch credit with discipline of just having like one, one guy he, he brings up there, man, because we've been at this for quite some time with, you know, there were so many quarterback situations where I was in that, you know, Cam Newton rut and Dalton because I had Dak and then, you know, someone got hurt or whatever the case may be. So I hammered as many shares of Tua and Darnold as I can, and I am feeling excellent about both of those situations. Uh, To Mitch's point, I was thinking a lot about the Carolina offense in the last week. I'll talk a little bit more about their their sleeper tight end later in this episode. But he is set up where if that offensive line could just be average, I mean, he's got weapons at every single position. you got the best running back in the NFL, a stud receiver in Moore, a stud receiver in Anderson, you got a rookie who looks like a stud. You got two tight ends that can play. I mean, they've got depth. They've got a lot of a lot of pieces there. So I'm excited about that and a smart OC. Um, then running back really quick, Damian Harris and Sony Michelle. I mean, I think we had an episode where he says, "Hey, Sony could get traded." And you know, and I, you know, I fell for the old Instagram. He was looking good. You know, pumping those squats, man. So I was feeling a little Sony. And then wide receiver. Brian Edwards, I love how his values came up over the course of the season. I went after a few shares just going back to some feedback from a year ago, thinking, hey, this guy's healthy now. He's got a year under his belt. The Saints, we knew they needed someone to throw to, so I put as many chips in it as I could on Marquise Callaway and Deontay Harris. So it was like one out of two there, knowing they had to get somebody. 
my boy McCall, I got to say, like he's been kind of hard to get in some drafts, harder than I thought. I didn't get as many shares as maybe I, as I normally could have. But from the shares I did get early, his value is rising as well. And the last one would be Kylan Granson. You know, we, we, we started out talking about those deep rookies. And boy, it was just it's been fun watching him bounce around and get traded everywhere and get some good value there. All three of us have tremendous roster ship. I'm not value. trading him. He ain't leaving my team. You know, wait for that spike game if you're looking That's to trade right. him. If, if you're looking to trade him. And I have a few other guys, and I got a little bit lucky with this one from a rookie perspective. But I had Javante Williams as my running back, too, in this class. And whatever, you know, you look at Travis Etienne, he got injured. But from an overall dynasty perspective, we have seen Javante Williams rise, whether or not Travis Etienne was healthy, not healthy. And I believe he is somebody that we're going to continue to see rise if we get the production that we expect. So that was one running back 23 in February. So pre-NFL startups and he's up to 17, 18 now. So we're seeing that, that movement uh, last one for me. And this is more of a, I'm, I'm going to get away from the rookies. If you're a contender, don't try to get him during the season. Cause now it's going to be, it's too late. It is too late. Austin Eckler, his value is not necessarily risen, but I do think that he's somebody that's going to give you that production. And this is like Mitch said, Sam Darnold. It hasn't really happened yet. Austin Eckler, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Somebody I've talked about countless times through tweets out there. Somebody asked for a hot take somewhere, and I said Austin Eckler, top five PPR running back. And that's how our projections had it come out too. And I, I do believe fully that Austin Eckler, somebody that has really been getting involved with the fantasy community, is somebody I can trust. It's somebody that I can look at and say, yeah, Austin has my best interest in mind. Unlike uh, Josh Jacobs, who does not? Yeah, yeah. Mitch, I was talking about Javante. I was talking about Austin. I got saw a little smirk on your face. I were you going somewhere? No, no, I was agreeing. All right, all right. I, I always gotta check. Um, any other big value wins from you guys throughout the offseason? Kind of our 2021 offseason in no, I recap. Think we're about half the league, so I think we're okay. But the, <laughs> but but what I did with this, I went through my roster ship. Specifically, I, I started off with leagues that the startup was this season. This offseason, who had high roster ship. But then I looked at different trades, and these are players that I have acquired. So it's players that I have brought onto my teams, fully believed in them. And we've we've either seen a value spike or still TBD, but I, I fully believe in my man Austin Eckler. And then wide receivers, we didn't mention any for the most part, we don't care about them, but I don't think there was much movement And Mitch. You and I talked about this and Dan, let me know if I'm off here. Um, but I was Mitch and I were messaging earlier today and I was like, I, I feel like we haven't seen movement across the wide receiver landscape. Take away Michael Thomas, because that's a, an injury and a very unique situation. Take away Devonte Adams during the time that Aaron Rodgers had question marks. Nobody's really been a crazy riser or faller from the beginning of the off season to now maybe Calvin Ridley a little bit my man back here um Dan what are your thoughts on that can you think of anybody you're like hey JB you're forgetting about this guy no I think overall you're right on you know there's been like some small spikes you mentioned Ridley CD Lamb hit a little one late when Cooper wasn't practicing and he right. had the hard the hard knocks uh extra coverage there and you know likable guy um, you know, McLaurin had little moments, but nothing big, JB. You know, Judy a little bit, you know, late there when Bridgewater got the job. 
But then you know, say so the guys I named are more of those bottom ocean guys or middle tier guys mm-hmm. that, you know, Hey, you, you got such a good deal on them. And now there, there's a lot of people talking and trying to acquire them after you already got them at a good value. So nothing big yet, but I do like that. You said TBD, you know, there are some guys that I think we're just waiting. They're kind of holding steady. We haven't seen enough. John o. Smith's my big guy. After all those big tight ends went, I'm expecting a big year out of my boy, John, and what I think is an ideal situation. I got enough shares. So I'm, I'm banking on it. You are. Yes, you are. All right, let's move along here. And this is more of planting our flag. So not necessarily anything we've done up to this point in the off season. We'll transition away from that, but kind of a 2022 look ahead. So it's January, 2022. And I know guys, I know JB, the season hasn't even started yet and you're skipping past it already. I know, but bear with me. So I want to start with running backs, Mitch. And I think you were kind of excited about this one. And I didn't even want to guess, I think. Is this the category? This is. This is. Yep. All right. So running back currently outside of the top 18 in Dynasty. And I'll read the list out loud just so everybody can, you know, see what we're working with here. But not the outside of the top 18 in Dynasty that will be in the top 12 running backs in January 2022. So look in the top 18. McCaffrey, Dalvin, JT, Barkley, Kamara, Najee, Derrick Henry, Chubb, Zeke, Gibson, Aaron Jones, Swift, CEH, Dobbins, still there, Eckler, Mixon, ETN, still there, and then David Montgomery. So I ran through that quickly, but those are the top 18 that we're looking at. So Mitch, who is a running back not mentioned there that you think can be top 12 in what, four months? I'm convinced you guys are cheating. Convinced you guys are cheating. And you're going to be like, I'm going to pick this rookie running back. Or this rookie running back, I'm like, well, more than likely, yes. Okay, Dan's already throwing it up. Just before you on? say the name, I want to write my name down on a post-it here, okay? Because I don't, I don't want to be, gonna... I don't want to be accused of cheating because I don't think you're gonna know who I'm gonna. Get. Well, no, I, I think he was saying we would be cheating because we picked a rookie running back. Yes, maybe. I maybe think not. you are going. I'm not going to because I'm not going to cheat, unlike you guys. John said. I... No Javante Williams. That was John's show note rule, I think. Uh, well, in because first of all, it was a guy that I wanted, I would have picked, but he's currently 19, running back 19, it looked like in the according to this ADP. And I just think that's the easy one. And I Trey Sermon's an easy one too. Uh, all right. So, so gonna go with Tampa Bay, I think has the best, is gonna have the most red zone opportunities in the league this year. They have an elite defense. They should turn over the ball a lot. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball really easily with all the skill players they get. So I'm actually going to go with Ronald Jones. You think he'll be top 12 in Dynasty? Hold on. Hold on. I am talking just way off. I know you were on vacation, John, and you can't help it. This is my time right now. Okay. My time. So Dan actually earlier said, I'm expecting Leonard Fournette to get the red zone opportunities. Well, the truth is Ronald Jones actually had more than Fournette did. And it wasn't by a little, it was actually by a lot. And so here's the issue. Fournette isn't a better pass catcher than Giovanni Bernard. And he isn't a better running back than Ronald Jones as far as running the ball. And so I actually think Fournette is going to be phased out of this offense more so than the other two backs are. And Ronald Jones, so he will be 25 going into next offseason. He will be an unrestricted free agent. I really think, I think even our projections say 950 yards and like nine touchdowns. I think his touchdowns can go up to 12, 
13 maybe. And if that happens, there's a lot of teams in the league right now that need a good running back. He's young and he's someone who doesn't have a lot of, you know, as we say, wear on the tires. And so it's a little bit off the beaten path, right? And it's actually someone that I've tried to make trades for today. I sent on eight offers. I heard back from one manager. So, you know, I'd like to appreciate my other managers for being active. It's really nice. But Ronald Jones is just the guy to where I think he's in the best situation that no one is willing to talk about because the offensive line is, if it's not the best in the league, it's the second best in the league. And so just the red zone opportunities alone, I think can propel him to maybe he's not top 12, maybe he's top 15, but I think he is definitely going to rise in value. So is that strictly contingent upon a new landing spot? No, I think he could be in Tampa Bay because the rest of the backs there, Fournette's on a one-year deal, Giova Bernard is on a one-year deal as well. So if they're going to keep one, I'd assume that it's going to be Ronald Jones. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do. And Tampa Bay actually does really smart things. I challenge him now, JB. This challenge flag is burning a hole in my pocket. I I thought right here, September 7th, 2021, that Mitch was going to make a, a brave proclamation that in the 2022 season, Ronald Jones would be running running the ball for uh, Atlanta, maybe. I mean, I, that, is that crazy? I would love to. That's is, what every tweet is going to say. It's yeah. Maybe them or Miami, but I actually think he could just go back to the Buccaneers, too. Okay. Dan, all right, all right talk about your... Now, this doesn't even have anything to do with Leonard Fournette, even though I do believe he's better than Ronald Jones. You talk about those red zone carries... Now, now I'm over one on on like running backs in a Super Bowl carry. My like flag plant for the next year is that you know remember good old Darwin Thompson getting that carry in the five. Oh, no. Like Andy Reid believes in him, but Rojo I remember getting a carry inside of the five in the biggest game of his life and getting stuffed for Tampa Bay. And I was all salty because I needed Fournette to get the carries there, and I think they ended up settling for three points. So, like he doesn't catch any balls. I had three guys I was looking at for this category, and one of them was Damian Harris, but he doesn't get the catches. What's the difference between Damian Harris and, and, and Rojo? And I think offense. I think Harris is even more talented than Rojo. I mean, Rojo's this hard runner, and he's got a role, and he's good. But I think JB's category was breaking inside the the top twelve here, here, Mitch. And I don't think he'd get the receptions to be top twelve if he is even lucky enough to beat out Lombardi Lenny. But they're both free agents; they're both playing for money, if I'm not mistaken. So they're definitely incentivized, and they got a great team around them. Mm-hmm. So in the conversation, but I throw my flag. I don't think he gets the reception right. to get if near that. If you pick a rookie, Dan, I'm going to get and upset. I, I'm just I, saying. It no, better not be a rookie. This is, this is dynasty, Mitch. This it is dynasty. Not, Why could you not pick a rookie? The thing in the world so, is to pick a rookie. It's you not know, the easiest DeAndre because of who I picked. That's a big because here, we're, we're running back. Time out. I'm throwing, now I'm throwing the penalty flag. I'm going from the challenge flag, JB, to the penalty flag tonight. That's two flags on Mitchell Sorensen there. So – it, you know, JB brought up where he was on Javante Williams, his number two guy there. And I was big on Trey Sermon, but that would have been the easy choice. I did not pick Trey Sermon here. I picked Mr. Michael Carter, who I wrote on the, and I, I think that is a bold take to go into the top 12 next year. He might not be top 120. <laughs> that See? is bold. I will give you that, Dan. That is a bold take. So, 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 so take that back, Mitchell. It's not just any rookie, but Michael Carter, guys, there are a few things in our, in, in like staples in, in our fantasy football research and studying that just stick with me. And there's the Pete Bomarino training that I, I tell you guys about. And Shefty just sneaks it into like late in his episodes once a year. And Bomarino, for the first time ever, goes, I'm going with a sleeper this year. Normally he gives a veteran and guys like Tyreek Hill. 
and um, Allen Robinson work out there. So it's not no like just mom and pop shop uh, training session. I mean, there's some NFL studs that go there. He goes, but my guy is Michael Carter. He goes, his workouts are just off the charts. They're unbelievable. He is my number one guy that I predict has a breakout year. He goes, not only has he got the workout ability, he's just mature beyond his years, the way he acts. Like he couldn't get any higher praise. And Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson are not the answers, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that Jets team is building in a good direction. I think Michael Carter has a great opportunity to step up there. Got the intangibles, the things we don't know about these rookies. So if you go back to the tape, before these guys even got drafted, we liked Michael Carter and, and Kenny Gainwell. You know, we weren't quite sure where they were landed, and it was a little controversial. Michael Carter slide into the fourth, but I think the Jets got a gift. All right, so since and JB I, I, won't trade him, so I'm still mad at you, JB. Yeah, you, you, I, I got a little snippy because I said in the chat, Mitch, I don't think you're in that league. You might be, but I said, Dan, I would have Michael Carter if I was in that league. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, Dan, you have my best and final offer. And he kept trying to get Michael Carter thrown into the deal. And I said, Dan, you have my best and final offer. And he sent me like three counters back to back to back. <laughs> so in the chat, I said, Dan, if you send me one more counter, it's going to sit. And I he said, I got scolded, Mitch. I stopped sending offers. Because I sent you a very fair offer. But anyway, so I did my cop out answer. So I, Javante Williams, Trey Sermon. What, what do you guys think about, like, let's say he goes out there and he's top 10 again. I think people will have a very. Uh, the, you know, short-term memory here with Josh Jacobs. I think he could get back up there. You don't think? Like, don't if, he do, if he if does he it does it again? No. I think people just hate the Raiders that much. I think they have such little faith in that offense. Unless he gets there off 80 catches, then yeah. But, yeah. but if he gets another 33, 34 catches for the year, I don't think so. I think he's going to be the David Montgomery again to where people just let him slowly keep dropping. So a better version of Ronald Jones, who's not going to catch 33 balls. Actually, exactly. no, no, he will. I think, I, look, if Josh Jacobs got the same touchdowns that he had the previous year, I think there is a chance. But Ronald Jones is actually going to continue to get those touchdowns. What about Miles Sanders? Do you think that's somebody that, based on, it would take something here in 2021. Like They can't go out there and fall flat on their face. So... Ronald Jones from Mitch. The concern is the concern is I understand it's a stretch. I know. And I went with the easy answer and Javante Williams. And I started in the notes. I said, don't cheat and say Javante Williams, but then that's who I pick. I had to get it in there. Uh, you know, I, I'm entitled to that because I missed last week's episode. It's my welcome back from vacation, but Ronald Jones outside of Chubb and Henry, all those guys are not just able to, but actually utilized in the passing game. And then, Dan, you mentioned Michael Carter. It would take a lot because a lot of people, they are going to look at that draft capital. They, they are, whether you like it or not, just from a value perspective. So could Michael Carter get in the top 24? Heck yeah. I think that's a possibility, but I can't see a way that he gets into the top 12 and, you know, that fourth round draft capital. It's going to, it's going to be in the back of people's minds. And for me, it's going to be a little further up, not, not in the back. It's going to be a little further up, but uh, we spent a lot of time on the running backs there. I like the answers. I think it's good talking points some good conversation. If you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, drop a running back in the, the comments uh, after the show, once this posted to the, the general audience here, if you are on the Patreon, you can watch it live every Tuesday. So looking at wide receivers, Dan, let's get through this one pretty quickly. 
are there any wide receivers in the current top 12 that we see plummet in value? So potential juju situation that kind of get towards 24 ish. Uh, when we look at January, 2022 startups. So the current top 12, and you can say none. So if you want to cop out and, and say none, but the current top 12, Jefferson, DK, Tyreek, Adams, AJ Brown, Diggs, Lamb, Ridley, Hopkins, Chase, McLaurin, Keenan. I like that you put in the show notes, you could say none, but that wouldn't be any fun. But I still want to keep it realistic. Yeah, I mean, you can make a case that anybody drops out or dives out, but I mean, this list is solid. I would love any of those guys on any of my teams. But if I was to pick one, and it, it wouldn't be because of talent. You know, we, we talked about, and, and I mentioned in past episodes, is the things we don't know about rookies when they come in. And that, for me, is Jamar Chase. There's that little part of me about Cincinnati Bengals dysfunction coming back, even though I am high on that offense this year. But what if they really didn't do their research? You know, what was the rationale behind him sitting out a year? I understand it's COVID and there's health concerns and God bless him if, you know, family was an issue or safety or underlying conditions. But what if it was something else? You know, what if a guy just wanted to take a year off? And then what did he do during that year? You know, we saw some social media posts that were a little controversial lately that got taken back. So there's another red flag. He's really off in camp. Is that because his head's not on tight? Is it because he wasn't working like he should have been in the offseason? So there's some concerns there. I mean, you know, if I'm a betting man and I'm betting on talent, I think he's going to be okay. But if there's one guy on the list, it'd be the unknown of Jamar Chase. I can appreciate that rationale. Uh, You know, there were people that not nearly as much hype and not top 12, but Jalen Rager, he's going to have a phenomenal rookie season, and he just absolutely plummeted. Uh, some people, Henry Ruggs, not as many, but there were those people out there that thought he was going to be a lot better, and he plummeted. So if Jamar Chase falls flat on his face, there is certainly a possibility we look at him in that 20 range, and that's very possible. Mitch, there's a right answer here, and I, Dan, Dan didn't give it, so I'll give it if you can't. All right, I mean... The cheating one is Hopkins. Hopkins is going to be he either. I'm pretty sure he turns 30 before the season next year. And just dynasty as it is, he's going to jump into the Julio Jones category to Whaler. He's going to be better on your team than he's going to be better traded to anybody else. And in startups, he's just going to slowly drop to where people are going to try to get Keenan or maybe next year's rookies off of him, or just maybe Devonte Smith has a decent season and he moves up ahead of him. But Hopkins is just the guy that's just going to slowly end up dropping. I mean, it might be wide receiver 15 next year. And then in 23, he's wide receiver 28. He could be putting up 100 catch seasons for the next three years, but it doesn't matter because his value will slowly drop. But I actually will say, if I had to pick someone that wasn't going to be a 30-year-old wide receiver, it'd be Chase. Oh, man, you're on too. It's Terry McLaurin. Listen, you look at he, and I hate to do this because I just had to look up when his birthday is. It's next week. So happy early birthday, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> but, but I do believe out of this list, and it's kind of by default, Terry McLaurin, he turns 26 next week. So happy early birthday. What a backhanded happy birthday. I, I know. Happy birthday. I hate you. So <laughs> you're looking at Terry McLaurin. There are question marks at quarterback beyond 2021. Let's say he goes out and just has a decent year. Let's say he's wide receiver 25 on a per game basis. There are guys below him that could leapfrog him. Is 24 too low? 
Yeah, probably a little bit, even if he is like a wide receiver three this year. But wide receiver 20, I think that's more than possible. And I'm looking at the list. Keenan Allen, he's tied to Justin Herbert. He actually saw a spike in value this year, mm-hmm. even though he's older. I think I think Jamar Chase at least maintains a decent amount of value. Hopkins, he has to drop two spots, though, to be out of it. I know, but we said I said out of the top 24, didn't I? Oh, my bad. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Mitch, I think you're spot on. That's going to be gradual. Calvin Ridley, I, we think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Lamb, Diggs, Brown, Adams. What happens if Devontae Adams, let's say, knock on wood, you know, let's say there's an early injury and he happens to be out. And then Aaron Rodgers, well, he's not, he's not going to be there after 2021, we think. Is there a chance he slips to that far? Or do you think he is talented enough to have that insulated value? That's the question. As long as he has a decent quarterback, I think he's talented enough. But who knows what the situation would be. It'll be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, that's the only other one like Jefferson, DK, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Diggs. I I think they're at least top 16 pretty much no matter what happens this year. No, like I'm saying that is the floor. I would say the one nice thing for Adams is he is an unrestricted free agent going into next year. So, I mean, they could always franchise him or whatever. But if he's injured, you probably don't see the franchise tag thrown out. And then he is a guy to where like digs to where if he goes to another team, I expect him to still be great. I'm not going to discount him because a lot of the wide receivers we go, we see go to new teams are horrible. But it's usually because their team didn't want him anymore. So they let him leave. We rarely see those high end players switch teams especially the wide receiver position but when we do they still have success deandre hopkins stefan diggs but think about stefan diggs value whenever he got traded to buffalo it dropped everyone hated josh allen though (laughs) most people yeah we i pounce baby give me digs that year to to your point to your point jb like the one thing i would say about mclaurin that's different from this group is the quarterback situation all these guys have elite quarterbacks and like pretty much Tannehill might be the, the, the worst of the best there. Uh, and he's still a, a very solid fantasy quarterback, probably underrated, but McLaurin's co- relying on a quarterback that's uh, on borrowed time here in, in the national football league. So that's a little volatile. And that's where we start to look at it with, with the volatility. Think about even Juju who was seen as the wide receiver one overall by many. Well, what's going to happen with big Ben? So that was a knock. And then he still put up like a top 20 season and he slides. He's what, 25 years old, 24 years old. So that quarterback question mark is, I think, the biggest factor. Michael Thomas, he dropped from the wide receiver one to like 10 to 12 because of, well, what's going to happen with Drew Brees? Now the other stuff happens, so he drops even more. So there's a lot of interesting things there with the wide receiver position. But just something I thought was fun and interesting to talk about with both the running backs and wide receivers from a different perspective, Dan quarterback, which quarterback is most likely to be top six in January, 2022 for dynasty purposes that is currently outside of the top 12 to run through the list. Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Lamar, Herbert, Dak, Lawrence, Russ Burrow. Oh my gosh. I needed to take a breath there. Uh, Russ Burrow, Lance Fields, Rogers, who can get into the top six outside of that group? And there's one cop-out answer here, I think. I have three guys that are capable. One Mitch is going to yell at me for, and I'm going to yes, save I him would. for save him for last. <laughs> the cop-out answer is Jalen Hurts. I just I, I think no, he, not, scrambling quarterback. Good answer. Good like, answer. like, like I, I think he is very capable. I think if all the 
chips fell right, Matthew Stafford with the Rams in that offense, if he just blew up, I don't believe it, JB, but I'm just saying when I went outside of the top 12, I really struggled to, to find anybody that could be top six. Hurts because of a running quarterback would probably be my number one. Stafford, if everything fell his way, and then you guys know I'm on the tour train in Miami. I just see a very explosive offense and a former first-round pick. I love Tua, man. So Tua Hurts would be my main ones, and then Stafford would be like the long shot, 500 to one odds. I don't see anyone else having a chance. Mitch, who's the cop-out answer? Uh, Trey Lance. No, I was. He's in there already. Is he? I. Yeah, he, Fields, Rogers. I, yeah, notice. Sorry, I did see his name on there. I looked. I'm like, oh, everyone's gonna mention Lance. No, I think the cop out answer is Deshaun Watson. Let's say everything plays out yeah. and nothing happens from a discipline standpoint. True. He he's right back up there. Man, I thought one of you was gonna say Deshaun Watson. All right, so Mitch, no. who do you who do you got? Was it Trey Lance? No, I think Dan is right. Is these twelve are pretty set. I mean, I think they're. It's really hard to see them drop. I can't see Rodgers drop out because of his age, right? But the others are really hard for me to see. So the one that I'm just going to throw a dart out there again, I mentioned him earlier, it's Sam Darnold, just because of the age and the offense. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think there's a 5% chance? Probably not, but maybe there's a 3% chance that it happens. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard because all the good rushing quarterbacks are already ranked there. And so you're going to have to pick a pocket passer that has such a high touchdown rate that you think could keep going into multiple years. And so I'm just like, maybe Matt Rule can change that Panthers offense in a way to where it's going to take a couple years for NFL defenses to catch up. That's my miracle shot. Yeah. I mean, I like Donald. I like Tua overall, but from a value standpoint, I don't see a way unless they go off the charts this year. Right. Yeah. Like and you look at it, but Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Lamar, Herbert, Dak in that top six, they're all very, mo they can move. Mm -hmm. They're mobile quarterbacks that, uh, you know, but at this time last year, could was Herbert thought of as a potential top six quarterback? Not by many, not by me, not after one year. So there's certainly players. Um, I, I think the, the, Big one, and I've knocked him all season, not all off season. Jalen Hurts has the chance. Yes, he needs the production, and he needs that team to win. If they have a bad year, he's he's done. I I can't see him being the quarterback beyond twenty twenty one. If they go out in their top five pick, that's just me personally. But he has the chance. If he goes out there, he's a top three quarterback. They go eleven and six. Yeah. Now we're, now we're talking, and my trade of Jalen Hurts for Tom Brady looks awful, and I delete, delete it from the records. I, I delete my tweet. I cut that part out of the episode, and nobody will ever know. You know, So uh, the other one I thought, and this, is, this makes me sick a little bit, and Dan's really going to like it. This is a, not even a 3% chance, like 0.3%, but Zach Wilson, like let's say he is that good. Oh, Dan is grinning ear to ear, but he's kind of in that boat of value heading into the rookie year that Justin Herbert had, you know, maybe a little bit higher for Herbert, but in rookie draft slipping that 107, 108, 109, can they turn things around as fast as we would like in New York? They already started the process. I think they put some nice pieces around him. So if he goes out there and he is a top eight quarterback this year, I think he's going to catapult up the rankings. He he can still move. 
He's not a rushing quarterback per se, but he can move. And that's what differentiates him from players, even like Tua, who I love, but I don't think he has the rushing upside necessarily um, that is going to get him the necessary value bump in most people's eyes. And then Sam Darnold, I love you, Mitch, but I, I don't. <laughs> with, with all these names, there's no flag plants here. It's like no, if all, no. If everything goes right. Like right. a Tua, a Stafford, a Darnold, it just means all those weapons hit. You know, you're looking at a 4,000 yard passer with a ton of touchdowns, the team over, you know, exceeded expectations. Everything really goes right. Better be over 4,000 yards with the extra game and no rushing upside. There better and be it's a really lot. MVP talk, plus, too. Plus. I mean, if the guys yeah. are going to move up that far, they're going to be in the MVP consideration for the year. Yeah. And that tells you a Terrence Marshall took off and Elijah Moore took off. Dan, Those certain Dan. things have to happen. Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. My bad. My We're going to get that right one day. We're going to get that right. Uh, and then I've talked about Mac Jones, but there's no way I, I would be shocked, shocked to even see him sniff top 12. Like even if everything goes right, he's that prototype of a quarterback that fantasy people just don't like. And for dynasty purposes, I, I don't think he's going to even sniff top 12. So I love Mac. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. All right. So let's wrap it up really quickly with tight ends. And this is going to be a quick answer, Mitch, based on the production that you're expecting in 2021 in January startups, tight end premium two PPR. Where does Kyle Pitts go? I didn't want, what'd you say? I didn't want, he said it so fast. I was oh, like, sorry. well, no, no, but, but oh. across the landscape, everybody. One oh, so like what spot in startups? Okay. One Oh five, one Oh six. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I thought the the way you phrased the question, you just wanted to know where I was considering him as far as tight ends go. But it I'm was like, it was it was already it, tight end one. But. Yeah, it was it was questionable, but I'm thinking about it like there's leagues we've seen Kelsey go 103, 104 this year. Yeah, at the age of 30, 31. He could go 103. But based on expected production, I feel I feel comfortable with that ballpark 105, 106, because you're still gonna get those quarterbacks going ahead of him. I think we could see a situation where there's no running backs on like the top, <laughs> maybe even a first round in super flex tight end premium leagues. Dan, what are your thoughts here? Same with Mitch, as far as the startup value, you know, I have him as kind of a tight end three. I think Kelsey goes ham again this year. I think Kittle goes off again this year is the, to me, the best tight end in the game. I'm, I'm really high hopes on Kittle Waller. I think still awesome. I'm just a little more interested with, you know, does rugs get a bit better? Does Edwards get a little bit better, but the O line gets a little bit worse. You know, I, I'm just kind of seeing where he falls, but I really do see Kyle Pitts in that Julio role and only getting better. Yeah. So one Oh five, one Oh six seems to be, you know, the, the general consensus here. I mean, hell, I'm sure we might even see some one Oh ones. If he goes out there and he's like a top five tight end this year, I will see some one Oh ones in two PPR. All right, Mitch. Do you even care about this one? Is Evan Ingram a top 24 dynasty tight end this time next year? Sure, but I don't care. I think <laughs> he's not going to be top 15. He might be top 24, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, this goes hand in hand with one of my value misses, and I'm looking at all my Evan Ingram shares, and I'm like, please, somebody overpay. So if you're listening to this, throw me a nice offer. Throw me a bone here. Uh, and then we'll just skip past Evan Ingram to you, Dan. You know, Pat Fryermuth. Could he sniff top 12 dynasty tight end this time next year? 
Top 12. Based uh, on your expected production, what they do with Eric Ebron after 2021, can he be there? I'm going to say no based on production. I do think Ingram, or, you know, he will become ultimately the man, but I think Tommy Tremble is going to be better than Pat Fryer moves. (laughs) Oh, God. And I'm willing to bet you, JB. I'm willing to bet. Ooh, I like that. We'll throw something in the Discord like because we it. have the we have the Fraternity. betting channel. Uh, yeah, but I need something to, as Dan says, to to call mom and say, "Hey, I won some money off of Dan." So maybe charity and then some for my uh my wallet, which is a charity in itself. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Tommy Tremble. Oh my God, I I gotta go vomit. I think. Guys, I'm just gonna throw throw it in there really quick. Another one of Bomberino's gems, man. Love Tommy Tremble. Now, this goes back to me watching film on Tommy Tremble at Notre Dame. He was a beast. And I says, this guy is a football player. I'd love to have him. I just don't know about fantasy production as a wide receiver. But I'm starting to believe Notre Dame just didn't utilize him as much as they could have. They Carolina takes him in the third round, high third round. Okay, there's, there's, there's some pedigree here. You know, there, there's some draft capital, some investment. Bomarino says, we could not believe how he ran routes at our camp and in our training facility. He goes, this guy could play, and he predicted him. Now, I don't think he's a big fancy guy because I don't think he was thinking Kyle Pitts at the time he made the statement, but he goes, he believes he could be the best receiving tight end rookie this year. Well, then we have to listen to Mr. Bobarino. Bobarino, top six quarterbacks, all that I'm hearing right now. I like it. You know, and do we really believe in Dan Arnold? Like, like Dan Arnold's going to make some plays this year, but he he has butterfingers sometimes. I think consistency is an issue with Dan Arnold, and I think we're they're going to want Tremble in there to block because he's one of the best blocking rookie. He probably was the best blocking rookie to, to come out. The guy is nasty, JB. He is a nasty football player, and I think we're starting to find out he could catch and run routes. I see. I saw him score a touchdown from from in uh, you know some preseason hype videos there. Well, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about our listeners. I'm not in any point per block or pancake league. So Tommy Tremble, I'm not sure if I'm in there. Final thoughts. Dan, we got to get you out of here. 133 episodes in last episode of the off season here, heading into the regular season week one. Finally, last episode of hard knocks. So Dan, you got to watch your Cowboys, but give our listeners a final thought here. Yeah, man. Hey, listeners, take my advice. It's tremble, tremble over Friermuth. That's my ultimate flag plant for tonight's show. JB and I will be betting on the Discord. We talked about it in the show. I think the only thing left in my studies this week and, and JB's is he's trying to get some more information for the listeners is that wide receiver DB matchups. You know, we've spent the offseason. If you hop in our Discord, we're happy to talk about O-line defenses, things we normally don't talk about, you know, week one preparation. And I also say don't lose your roster depth. You know, we saw 80,000 people at college football games, pro players going to the college football games. COVID is Tom Brady saying it's more of a concern than it was last year. Cowboys are already out their best lineman, most likely week one. Don't lose your roster depth if you're competing there. And uh, look forward to seeing more on the Discord. And good luck to everybody in week one. Don't bounce yet. Don't bounce yet. Don't bounce yet. All right, Mitch, final thought for our listener. My final thought. <laughs> I'll make it quick. I know Dan wants to get out of here, but I will say the most overused term in Dynasty right now is alpha wide receivers. There's five alpha wide receivers in the NFL right now. You have DK Metcalf, Hill, Adams, A.J. Brown, and Hopkins. That's it. There's no more after that that can't be replaced by someone else going into that offense. Like, I love how wide receiver twos are now all of a sudden alphas because they were like kind of the starting wide receiver for a team at some point. Like, there's five. That's why they're alphas. 
just like there's five really good running backs in the league. I mean, that's just how it is. Sorry. That's all I have. I feel like that's been brewing. Mitch heard somebody say it or saw a tweet and he's like, I got to bring this up. All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter, and Instagram at dynasty theory. FF. Remember the Patreon five bucks a month. If you join over the next week, we'll give you September free just to give a little test run. Check it out. If you don't like it bounce for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. Hopefully everybody has a fantastic week one. We'll see you next week.